You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what is going on? As always, it is your boy, your host, Sosa Cremendez. I'm a fantasy analyst at PFF and your host here at the Locked On Rams podcast. Your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams and part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Before we dive into this Monday episode, I wanted to tell you guys that the NFL season is about to begin and nobody covers it like the Locked On Podcast Network. August 30th through September 8th, the Locked On NFL Podcast is previewing every team and every division with the help of Odyssey's lineup of NFL experts. Follow the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts to tune in beginning August 30th. Welcome to your Monday episode here at the Locked On Rams podcast. And this is already our second episode of the week. It feels a little bit unusual like it was last week because obviously we don't usually do six episodes per week. But with the Rams playing on Saturdays in these last two preseason games, as well as the final and third one this next Saturday, We've bumped it up to six episodes per week, so we got a lot to discuss in this one. We got some of the PFF in-depth numbers, of course, and there is a bit of an injury update that we have to dive into as well, and we may as well begin there because there's some somber, not-so-great news for Raymond Calais, the running back slash kicker turner slash punter turner for the Rams. He obviously got injured in the game the other day. It was an ankle injury, and it looked like it was going to be pretty severe because I do believe that they said the cart came to get him, and it is unfortunate news for him. It sounds like his surgery is going to knock him out with a timetable of four to six months, so most likely going to be gone for the entire season. You can expect the Rams to place him on injured reserve at some point soon, and this sucks for him, obviously, because this is a guy who is actually going to have a role on the Rams roster this year. Maybe not so much on offense, but at the same time, could have been an impact special teamer, maybe the kick returner, maybe even the punt returner. I think we've seen some really good things out of him this offseason, especially throughout the last two preseason games. Look like a player that could legitimately impact this special teams units. And of course, now he won't be able to do that. So wouldn't be shocked if the Rams do ultimately look to free agency, maybe wait for some of these cuts to come through and then scour this available market on the free agent market to look to add a running back to maybe replace Raymond Calais. Not 100% sure what they're going to do, but you can presume that at some point they probably will need another body at that position. And there is a little bit of good news on this front as well. Right tackle Tremaine Ancrum was hurt in the game and he was ultimately pulled out of that one and did not return. But it sounds like everything is okay on his end. Just sounded like a minor tweak and he should be okay to go potentially next week and if not next week into the regular season so that is good news only one bad injury for the Rams maybe not the most important player but it always sucks to see someone get injured especially when they were actually making a positive impact on the team now we may as well dive into some of these in-depth PFF numbers and I think you guys would probably be a little bit not confused but maybe surprised to see who the highest graded Rams were you look at the offensive side of the ball according to the PFF numbers Right guard Bobby Evans was the highest graded Ram with a 78.3 grade. And on the defensive side of the ball, not a surprise, Ed Rusher, Chris Garrett with an 89.7 grade. And you're probably confused, especially if you listen to yesterday's podcast where I said Bobby Evans was one of the fallers from that game. And so we may as well dive into where that disconnect is. And I think the number one thing to note here is I was basing Bobby Evans's faller ranking based off of 
how he did in pass protection. And he did not do well in pass protection yesterday. And PFF also agreed with me. He got one of the worst grades amongst the offensive linemen with a 51.7. That was the third lowest on the offense. Only Jordan Meredith and Jake Funk had worst pass blocking grades. So that was what I was basing it off of. I could tell that he was struggling in that regard. But where he really did well was his run blocking grade where he actually dominated. And of course, it's hard for me to know what's going on across the entire offensive line, snap in, snap out, especially when you're trying to watch guys on running plays where it's hard to digest what's exactly happening on these plays, who has which responsibility, what kind of running play is it. But Bobby Evans had a really strong run blocking grade. That's where he made his money with an 87.5 grade in that regard, which is why he was the highest graded Ram in yesterday's contest. I still think it was a shaky performance. I'm going to have to go back and watch the run blocking grades, which is obviously a positive, but I don't think the run blocking aspect of his game was really ever a big question. I feel like that was maybe his strength coming out versus if you can't trust this guy in pass pro, that's not going to be your guy. You have a quarterback back there who's expensive. He's your most important player and you cannot afford to let this guy get hit. And of course, that's Matthew Stafford right now. That is why I think the Rams pulled Bobby Evans, and he doesn't look like he's really improving in that regard, especially when we're talking about going up against second, third team type players and not starters. So a decent performance, I guess, but at the same time, still a lot of questions to answer there. Some of the other offensive things to note I thought were quite interesting. Bryson Hopkins, even though we've slammed on him you know, for the last few weeks, he actually had the highest receiving grade with a 73.3, was targeted three times, brought in all three of those for 35 yards receiving and had two first downs. So not a bad performance by him, especially when you look at, you know, how much pressure was really mounting on this guy. He has to watch Jacob Harris go out last week and dominate. Of course, Tyler Higby is very solidified with where he's at. And then you look at Kendall Blanton, the very first touchdown for the Rams, the fourth string tight end, or maybe the fifth string tight end, it's hard to say, scores on the very first drive for the Rams yesterday. So you could probably expect that Hopkins was a little bit pressured, but at the same time, he stepped up in a big way in this game, in my opinion. And there was a handful of snaps where I seen him and Jacob Harris running down as gunners on the punt team, or as guys that were not gunners, but some of the other guys on the punt team, and making tackles down the field on punt returners. So If there's one way for him to be an impact player and to make this roster, it's by showing his ability to play special teams and then contributing whatever he can on the offensive side of the ball. I think it was a positive performance from him, even though maybe, you know, it wasn't a breathtaking type of performance, but I definitely think it was a step in the right direction. And that is obviously a good thing for a guy that's maybe borderline on the roster cutting decision right now. Maybe the last thing to note here, I thought the offensive line, like I said yesterday, Played pretty well, and it checks out for me. Uh, You look at some of the guys here, Jeremiah Colon, Coleman Shelton, no pressures allowed. Alaric Jackson, only one pressure allowed. Tremaine Ancrum, only one allowed. Bobby Evans, three on his part. And Xavier Jones, another name with no pressures allowed. I believe that's two games in a row now where Xavier Jones has not allowed any pressures on the quarterback, whereas Jake Funk had the worst pass blocking grade amongst everyone on the offense yesterday with a 16.8. For example, in comparison, Xavier Jones had a 60.9 grade, so obviously a lot better, and Jake Funk did allow a pressure as well, which I'm assuming contributed to that bad grade. I think the majority of that came from one play where it looked like he was a little bit confused, went to the left instead of staying in the right position. He was to the right of Bryce Perkins, and there was like one or two guys that were blitzing, 
And Perkins obviously got pressured badly, and obviously it was just a big whiff on Funk's part, but you never know. I mean, it's going to be hard to say based off of how many reps he had. He only had three reps. It's not like we're talking about a guy that had a huge sample size, so maybe not the biggest thing to note, but it is interesting, and I think at the end of the day, you got to feel pretty decent about how this offensive line performed, especially after losing a starter in Tremaine Ancrum to an injury. They look pretty solid to me. The running game did better in this game, obviously, and not only that, but... Bryce Perkins, with that mobility that he offers, the ability to extend plays, you can always afford to have a little bit of a less than pristine performance on the offensive line because if your quarterback can move around like he can, he's going to make a lot of those would-be sacks look like not would-be sacks and turn those plays that should have been 7- or 10-yard losses into 20-yard gains. So that's going to do it for the offensive side of the ball. In the next segment, we will dive into the defensive side of the ball and take a look at some of the interesting statistics there. And of course, you guys can always come connect with us on Twitter for all the coverage you need on the Los Angeles Rams. You can find us at QB's MEP and at Locked on Rams. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including the half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest, which are both open now at BetOnline. You can go head to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Make sure to take advantage of this because it will not be around forever. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, from football, basketball, boxing, right to horse racing, don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to the second segment here of this recap Monday episode of the Locked On Rams podcast. We are now going to spend this segment diving into the defensive performances. Some of the guys that I thought had a good one, maybe some players that we didn't really even know that we should know. And I think there's a few that are quite surprising, maybe not so much, but I want to say I touched on them a little bit in yesterday's episode, but quite shocking when you look at the actual numbers. So I'm looking at the pass rushing statistics first. The top three graded Rams all came in with an elite grade, and I'm sure we all know who one of those players is, but the other two, very surprising. You look at Marquise Copeland, one of the defensive tackles, the highest pass rushing grade amongst any of the players on the Rams with a 90.3. In second place, another defensive tackle, Jonah Williams with a 90.1. And then it was Chris Garrett, the edge rusher with the third highest grade at 89.9. And I'm just incredibly shocked and surprised because I've been keeping an eye out for these guys after their first game. They clearly look like guys that stood out. I'm talking about Copeland and Williams. And they started this game again as the defensive tackle duo, I want to say, or at least got the most reps together. And they look like they could be something good. I mean, they're outperforming guys that were drafted like Ernest Brown. Of course, there's only so many roster spots available at this position. And the Rams are very deep at defensive tackle. So they do have Aaron Donald, Deshaun Robinson, all these different guys, Sebastian Joseph Day, Greg Gaines. These guys are all locks, Bobby Brown as well. So there might not be much of a roster spot available to these guys. Maybe one spot, maybe a practice squad spot as well. Not certain how those numbers are going to shake out. But these guys are putting together some really impressive performances. And I think when you step back and look at how they've been, there's a good shot that one of these guys is going to make the roster, if not both of them, staying with the team this season, one on the roster, meaning the 53-man roster, and one on the practice squad. These guys have played well. They've applied a lot of pressure, 
And ironically enough, both of them ranked first and second in win percentage yesterday in their pass rushing stats with a 28.6 for Williams and a 26.7 for Copeland. And Williams ranked in the third spot for pressure percentage with a 14.3%. But of course, it was Chris Garrett who led the way there with 17.6% of his rushes ending in pressures. The guy led the way with three pressures. And then you look at the embarrassment of riches that the Rams have at this D-tackle spot. Eric Banks coming in second, another defensive tackle on this roster with two pressures. He tied Jonah Williams for that second spot. And it really makes you think the Rams have a lot of talent at defensive tackle. And it seems like the edge rushers, even though this is a questionable position, especially going into this season, they might have some players there that are ready to step up and seize roles that nobody expected because you look at Justin Lawler last week and now a guy like Chris Garrett, they're stepping up in a big way where there may be some potential for these guys to steal snaps from players like Terrell Lewis, who hasn't been able to practice much lately, or an Obo Okoronko, who's been hurt throughout a lot of his NFL career, or you know, a Justin Hollins, who he's been a solid player, but he hasn't really established himself that tremendously just yet. So not suggesting that Lawler and Garrett are suddenly going to be your starting linebackers, or these guys are going to run it up and get 10 sacks this season. But I am saying that they could make the roster. And if they do make the roster, there could be some point in this season, whether it's by injury or performance, that they find their way onto the field. So It's always good to see them standing out this early in the season and finding a way for them to actually impact games. Moving to the coverage aspect here, I don't think this is going to be a surprise to anybody. It was J.R. Reed who registered the highest coverage grade for all these defenders for the Rams with an 87.3 coverage grade. Maybe the second spot was a little bit more surprising and it was Christian Roseboom, the linebacker, with an 86.3 grade. Those are the only two players on the Rams roster that had a pass coverage grade of 80 or more in this contest so very good for those guys and I think at this point I talked about it yesterday Juju Hughes J.R. Reed it feels like one of these guys is 100% going to be a lock to make this roster if not both of them like there is so much depth here for the Rams and we know that they already have a lot of players at safety but it seems like they just continue to find these guys in random places across the NFL whether it's by waiver wire undrafted guys late round picks that can contribute to their defense, contribute on special teams. And I'm just surprised because these guys are such good players that it's just been so crazy to see, you know, other plays that a lot of people expected to stand out in these games. Guys like Troy Warner, Paris Ford, you heard a lot about these guys. They're not even hardly getting a chance because of how good J.R. Reed and Juju Hughes have been. So awesome to see those guys stepping up as well. And I think with the Rams, in terms of how they did in coverage, it was also good to see guys like Traven Howard out there. Robert Rochelle, both put together a decent contest. Terrell Burgess as well. You love to see those guys step up. And not only that, but actually start to get their feet back under them. Of course, some of those guys have dealt with a lot of injuries in the past year or so and haven't really been able to get caught up to speed maybe. So great to see those guys back out there. Obviously, the Rams seem to have a lot of depth, I think, on this side of the ball. And it is good to see that some of those positions that we've talked about maybe being a question mark for the Rams inside linebacker, edge rusher on the defensive side of the ball, have guys stepping up throughout these games. 
I think it's really interesting and it's only going to make this battle more intense going into the final game. Of course, there's only one more preseason game, but there should be a handful of more practices and the Rams and every other NFL team do have to cut down their rosters from 85 to 80. I believe it's on Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern. So at some point, the Rams are going to make some transactional moves here. Maybe cut somebody, maybe send a guy like I mentioned earlier with Raymond Calais to injured reserve, which is obviously going to save a spot. So something to note, it's going to be interesting to see who these next five players are going to be when the Rams have to cut them. But they have a lot of tough decisions to make because this roster looks like one of the better ones in the NFL. It's going to do it for the defensive side of the ball. In the next segment, we're going to dive into the final touchings from this game and start to flip the page into next week. And of course, you guys, make sure to check back in throughout the rest of the week. We're going to have our guy Brad Motter back on, and we have an interesting schedule breakdown episode that we're going to release at some point this week, highlighting the second half of the Rams schedule. If you guys have tried protein bars, I know that you've probably tried some that are terrible tasting, chalky, very weird texture, not really enjoyable. And I've tried a bunch. I've went through it all. I mean, I prioritize my protein unlike any other. So if there's any one person who knows what they're talking about here, I would hope it's going to be me. You guys know how much weight I've lost over the last handful of years now. And Built Bar, I'm telling you, they make by far the best protein bars. You want to up your protein intake, find different ways to get that stuff in, and you can supplement with either protein powder or a company like Built Bar who makes the best protein bars. They're absolutely delicious. They have so many different flavors, above 10 bars, which is awesome. You can pick whatever you'd like. They're low in calories. They're low in sugar. They have 19 grams of protein per bar. They're high in fiber, and they even work for you if you are on the keto diet. You'll even get a free cooler with your purchase while the supplies last. All you have to do is just go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. The second sponsor for this segment here is Rock Auto. If you guys haven't vehicle, I know you've went through the pain of trying to order something or needing to wait for your mechanic to get something in his shop or her shop, taking a long time, costing a lot of money. You don't have to go through this trouble anymore. Rock Auto will take care of that for you. They are a family-owned business, and they've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. If you're a do-it-yourselfer or a professional and you're just looking for reliably low prices, you should check out Rock Auto. They have everything you can imagine for every make and every model, so they've got you covered, and all you have to do is go check on their website at rockauto.com. They've got amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com and write locked on in their how did you hear about us so they know that we sent you. Betting on the NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the final segment here of this Monday recap episode where we're going to finish up everything that we need to in this game. And I think at this point in time, you got to feel pretty good about where the Rams are sitting. Of course, they're 0-2 in the preseason, which let's be honest here, doesn't really matter that much or doesn't really matter at all. Of course, it would be nice to get a win and sort of just knock that rust off with a nice W. But at the same time, The Rams have had a lot of players step up here, and I think we've all been pleasantly surprised with how much depth they have at some of these positions. It's been crazy to see. Of course, 
you got some of those more exciting players that have been super fun to watch. Guys like Bryce Perkins, for example, the Jacob Harris's, Tutu Atwell now. It's good to see some of the rookies stepping up. And not only that, but also get to see a lot of these guys on the offensive side of the ball step up. And we know that the Rams have a lot of talent on that side of the ball anyway. So maybe it's not all that surprising. But you flip to the other side of the ball on defense. And I think the Rams, again, a lot of interesting players who have found a way to step up. Not so much the cornerbacks. The inside linebacker is a little bit of a question mark, but you look at the edge rusher position, one that's been a question for the Rams all offseason and probably will be throughout the entire season. And you see guys like Lawler and now Chris Garrett stepping up. You go to some of that defensive interior stuff. I think the Rams are going to have a lot of tough decisions to make over the next two weeks because they have to take their roster down, of course, from 85 to 80 and eventually down to 53 And I think at this point, they still have 10 practice squad spots. I can't recall how much the NFL bumped it up from. I think it was from 8 to 10. And they introduced some different rules where I think you have one or two players on your practice squad that you can designate as untouchable so teams can't snag them from you. I got to look up the rules again. They always change these things. It's hard to keep up with everything. But the Rams are going to have a lot of tough decisions to make. And that's a good thing because that just means that the Rams have a lot of good players on their roster. And I think they are going to be one of those teams that, you know, when they cut some of these players, if it be someone like a Juju Hughes or someone like that, where, you know, they might be an impact player in the NFL. I think a lot of teams are going to be scouring the free agent market for what the Rams do because they have so much depth. I mean, they can't keep everyone. And at some point, somebody good is going to hit the market. And some of these other teams should be keeping their eyes on this roster because of how good some of these players have become and how quickly they've been able to develop. That just speaks to how great of a job Les Snead and his department have done at accumulating talent and bringing in the best possible guys. And of course, Sean McVay and his staff too for developing these guys and putting them in positions to succeed. Now, it is still the preseason. You know, this stuff doesn't necessarily count and nobody's scheming. Nobody's doing any of that stuff. It's pretty much just, for the most part, player versus player, talent versus talent. Whoever's better, whoever wants it more is most likely going to win more often than not. Of course, there is some schematics involved as well, but for the most part, it's not going to be anything close to what they do in the regular season. So it's good to see how some of these individual performers are standing out, what they look like when they're in the NFL against guys that belong to. You start to really get a good look at which of these guys actually belong in the NFL, which guys may become impact players, and which guys just seem like end-of-the-roster type of players. And of course, that's weird for me to say because I'm just a guy on a mic and I don't like trying to sound disrespectful to the players. They're incredible athletes, every one of them. But you have to compare these guys to their peers, not to your average citizen. And I think that's where a lot of people get it twisted. But it's been awesome to watch. I think we're about 66% of the way through right now. One preseason game left, a handful of cuts left, of course. We're going to keep you guys updated on everything you need to know about the Los Angeles Rams, as well as all the other options around the NFL. We're going to dive into maybe some of the running backs that the Rams could look to add now with Raymond Calais potentially hitting injured reserve and everything else you need to know about the upcoming game, the preview for that, and of course, every other player release or signing and injury that does occur over the next handful of weeks. So make sure to keep tuning back into us here at the Locked on Rams podcast. We're going to cover you with everything you need to know. And just a reminder, you can come connect with us on Twitter at QB's MVP and at Locked on Rams. And please subscribe or follow to get our latest episodes, content, breaking news, and a whole lot more.